Praise the Lord, and welcome in to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of podcast. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just move, dear God, and just touch each and every one, dear God, that listens in, Lord, that you will meet the needs in their heart and life, dear God, and just show them the way that you would have them to go, dear God, and to lead them in the way that you want them to go, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch my mind and touch my lips, dear God, and give me the words to say, dear God, that we may help someone in some way. For God, I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to go into uh, John or Luke chapter 1. I'm going to go back over the Sunday school lesson since... uh, I didn't get to uh, do the podcast Sunday for Sunday school and operator era. Me being the operator, I, I did <laughs> I didn't get it exactly right and, and did not tape it or record it. But that's all right. Uh, I got up this morning with the intentions of coming in and teaching and uh, studying on uh, Deuteronomy where I left off. And I got up with uh, Mary, Did You Know, that song, Mary, Did You Know, on my mind. And uh, the Lord led me to go to go back to this today. And uh, we're going to start out, like I said, in Luke chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 26. And we're going to read 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin and spouse, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And she, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with the Lord, with God. And behold, thou hast, shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now the angel angel showed up to Mary. Now Mary was a peasant girl. 
and she was from a little town called Nazareth. Uh, it was uh, it wasn't a a very well known town. It wasn't a a big significant town of commerce or anything like that. Uh, it was just a, a a lowly town, a meat town, and Mary was a peasant girl. Uh, nothing really spectacular about her, except that she uh, she loved God, and uh, she was a virgin, and she uh, undoubtedly, um, from what little bit of studying I've done, the women back in those days, their their main duties. Uh, was to get married, to have children, and to uh, keep house. Uh, very seldom did any of them ever uh, do any reading, or uh, especially of the laws and the commandments and, th- and things like that. But Mary, had uh, she had a knowledge of the Word back then, and she had been studying it. And the women were to, uh, were to be subject unto their husbands, and when they went into the temple to pray or uh, to worship, the women had to remain silent. They could not speak in any way. If they need, if they wanted to know anything about the law and they wanted to know uh, about God's word in any way, they t- they talked they talk, spoke to their husband about this, and their husbands the one that taught them. But Mary had undoubtedly went to her father, and her father had told her quite a bit about the laws and the statutes because she knew the word. And in, in the sixth month uh, of Elizabeth, uh, you remember uh, Elizabeth, Zachariah, um, and Elizabeth, she was barren, and uh, angel this Gabriel had met with uh, Zachariah in the temple and told him that uh, Elizabeth was going to have a, a child. And... He he didn't sort he didn't believe it so he he was struck dumb until after the child was born. But uh, the angel went to uh, to her and said to Mary, "Greetings to you that are highly favored." You know here was this young girl, and all of a sudden this angel showed up, and she knew who the angel she knew that it was an angel from God. And she was, uh, when he started speaking, she was trying to figure out what in the world was this angel doing coming and visiting me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, a poor peasant girl. Uh, there, you know, what in the world? Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just me. You know, what's going on here? And he, he told her, he said, don't be troubled. Be not afraid. You know, about every time uh, when you read in the Bible about an angel showing up to uh, somebody, uh, somewhere within the first few, or first minute or two of him being there, he's going to tell them, be not afraid. Because of the first thing that happens to us is when, when these angels show up and they show themselves, the first thing that happens is, we start being afraid because we just we don't know why this person this angel has showed up to us and it, it sort of concerns us and worries us so we start to be afraid but he told us be not afraid for thou art uh, found favor with the god 
You're going to conceive a child, and you're going to give birth to a son. Now, Mary was a woman. She had to be admired, listen, because of her bravery and the love for her devotion to God. Uh, she walked a difficult path, um, knowing how costly her submission would be. The virgin birth of her son, Jesus, defied scientific logic. It just cannot happen. No way, no how. If a woman gets pregnant, at that point in, in those days, if a woman was pregnant, she was had been with a man at some point in time. And Joseph, when he found out, see, they were engaged to be married. And when he found out that they were not married yet and she was already with child, he sought to put her away privately. In other words, he sought to some way to get her to get uh, put her lock her up. In other words, to where nobody can see her and everything till after the child was born, and then figure out what to do for Mary. But the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph and told Joseph, "Be not afraid. The child that your uh, that Mary is carrying is from God." He, in other words, he was telling Joseph, he said, don't be afraid. You go ahead and you marry Mary. The child that she is carrying is not from man on this earth, but it came from God. It's, and it's going, it's going to be a boy, and they're going to call his name Jesus or Emmanuel. And it is all right. Everything's fine. Um, and so Joseph accepted that too. And he and... He and uh, Mary were married, and after shortly after they were married, they had to go to Bethlehem to uh, pay their taxes. And it's quite a long ways from Bethlehem to uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but that's where they had to go to. But Mary, uh, she and Mary had the most important job that ever was in the world. She had to bring, uh, bring the son of God into this world. And, and her journey started the minute that the Holy ghost came upon her and she conceived and she, uh, became with child. Her journey started a journey that would, uh, probably be one of the greatest journeys that any woman has ever had to take before. Not only was she going to have to raise a child, but she was raising the child of God. And not only was she uh, going to have to keep up with him, but she was also going to see him hung upon the cross later on. So she, you know, Mary and uh, Mary is the only person that was with Jesus when he was born and she was with him when he died. She was at the foot of the cross when he died. No other person was. But Mary had a, Mary had a difficult journey, like I said, because um, at the age of 13, uh, I can't remember now where they was at, but anyway, they they went to uh, they maybe they was leaving Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem or Jerusalem. They was leaving Jerusalem and they was headed home, and 
<clears throat> they got quite a ways away from Jerusalem and realized that Jesus wasn't with them because they, they was a, a pretty good-sized group of people that left there going back to um, Nazareth. And they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. So they had to turn around and go back to Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus at this time was 12 years old. So they panicked. You know, you know, it's, it's not as bad as it is today, but still yet they hear this journey is and then they got to this journey and they figured out that he's not with us. So they, they went back and they found him in the temple. And he was teaching some of the scholars and the priests and, and some of the, the very educated people. He was teaching these people, and they were astonished at the amount of uh, knowledge that he had. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and it said, An angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And we know that the angel Gabriel had visited Mary to bring her the news of God's plan. She would give birth, even though she wasn't married yet. And at that time, Joseph had already asked Mary to be his wife, but the two would soon embark on a life-changing journey. There is so much we can learn from Mary's walk of obedience. And there and there's more to her story than you have may have noticed before. Here are three things you probably didn't know about Mary in the Bible. One was Mary was the only one present with Jesus at his birth and his earthly death. And Luke chapter two fifteen and sixteen. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. But did you know Mary also was present when Jesus took his last breath? John nineteen twenty five. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene, and Mary comforted Jesus as he entered this world and also as he left it to return to the Father. She devoted herself to being there for her son through birth, death, and beyond. I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I got up this morning with that song on my, uh, on my mind, Mary, Did You Know? And, and I played the song. And, you know, I just, I just wonder just exactly how much that she understood about the journey that she was about to embark on when Gabriel was talking to her. Did she really, really have an idea of what it was going to be like to raise the Son of God? Now, Mary knew the Old Testament prophecy about the coming Messiah. Like I said, she was, she was, 
she knew some of the laws and she knew the word back then as it was. And she knew that the Messiah was coming. But she showed unequal bravery when she accepted the angel's message by saying in uh, Luke one thirty-eight, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, as I was talking in Sunday school Sunday morning, you know, we as children of God would be a whole lot better off if we would take Mary's uh, thoughts and say, Lord, uh, I answer your call. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. But no, uh, I, when God called me to, to uh, preach, I ran. I, I had every excuse in the world not to do what he wanted me to do. And I, just like Moses standing there at the burning bush, I had every excuse or every reason, I had every reason in the world that I could not do what the Lord wanted, had called me to do. I could not stand up in front of people and talk. I could not, I could not, uh, I did not know what, how to do what he wanted me to do. And my, like I said, my biggest thing was I, I, I hated to stand up in front of people and talk. I had, I hated to stand up in front of school and give a book report that, I mean, it just made me almost sick to have to do that. But the Lord said, I want you to do this. This this is what you're going to do for me. You are going to carry my word for me. I want you to preach for me. I tried everything it was. I I sang in a group. Of course, there they was more than just me on the stage, so I was fine. Nobody was looking at just me. They was looking at us. And I was good. I did good at that, but no, that would not work. I tried everything to be thought of, and finally, come down to the end of it, I had to take the the road that Mary took and say, "Lord, here I am. Use me." If if I if I would uh, I would have been a whole lot better off if I had done that in the beginning, but no, I had to. I had wanted to do things my way. Uh, Lord, you you don't need me. I I can't do this job that you have set out before me. Uh, I can't speak well. I'm not real. I'm not uh, don't have a good vocabulary, and and I I don't speak well. And and I'll I give him every reason in the world that I could think of why that I he had done he had made the wrong choice. That was my thinking. You, you, you messed up here, Lord, because you have made the wrong choice. But as it turns out, he knew exactly what he was doing, as always. So, you know, if we would take, uh, take a lesson from Mary, and the, uh, the angel showed up, and she said, Sure, I'll do this. You know, as it is, I'm your handmaiden. Let it be unto me as you have said. If we would take that road and we'd say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, you, you show me and you help me. And, we, and together we will, we will start, we will get, we will walk on this journey together.
because I cannot do it by myself. But did, did Mary really understand exactly what she was getting into? I, I know that she, uh, I, I don't say, I don't want to say doubts, but I, I'd say she thought about it a lot because um, she was very young. I'm sure she took care of, maybe took care of some brothers and sisters or maybe took care of some other people's kids. So she knew, I'm sure she knew a little bit about it. But now we're talking about a child, we're talking about God's only son here that she is going to have to take care of. She is going to have to nurture and she's going to have to raise it. So, but you know, Mary had had made up her mind as Gabriel was talking to her that she was going to do this thing and she could do this thing with God's help. She couldn't do it by herself, but she was going to do it because uh, the Lord, for some reason, had seen fit to pick her to do this job. And, you know, like I said, I ran for a long time because I, was, I had convinced myself that the Lord had made a mistake when he called me to preach the gospel. And that still yet, uh, you know, as I teach and uh, people talks about how much that they enjoy my teaching and everything, and I, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, why is it that people wants to listen to me? But you know what the Lord told me? They're not listening to you. They're listening to me. I'm the one that's speaking through you. So they're really not listening to me. So when you listen to these these podcasts, you're not listening to me. You're listening to the Lord. You know, I I am I am nothing spectacular. I'm nobody. I'm nobody important or anything like that as far as this world is concerned. But as far as as the Lord is concerned, I am very important to Him. I am very useful to Him, and He and He. He gives me everything I need. I cannot do it by myself, and I don't want to do it by myself because it, I will mess things up. And when I follow the Lord and let him work through me, then everything's going to be fine. But Mary's famous song of praise, uh, we find this evident in New Testament teachings. As a Jew, she had been learning about biblical prophecy her entire life. Her song also bears a striking resemblance to Hannah's famous prayer. Now, Hannah in First uh, Samuel 2, 1 through 10, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiced, joyous in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. 
so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth, and the Lord maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave, and he bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor, and the Lord maketh rich. He bringeth low, and he lifteth up. He raised up the poor out of the dust, and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. You know, this 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 says it all right here. The Lord will the Lord is going to have his way. And if we will let him have his way in our lives, he will use us in whatever capacity that he's he knows that he sees fit and he knows best. See, he knows us better than we know ourselves, and he knows exactly what we are capable of, and, and he knew exactly what Mary was capable of, is the reason why that he picked her. He knew that she was going to be able to fulfill the duties that he had set in front of her to do, just like me. He knew just exactly what I could do, and he knew that I could fulfill the duties that he had set before me. I had no idea I could. See, God knows more about us than we know ourselves, and he picked the perfect person to be, this, to be the mother of Jesus. He picked the perfect person to do what I'm doing because nobody else can do it the way that I do it. Yeah, there's people that are better than me at teaching, and there's people that are better at me than preaching, but they're not they, they can't do it the way that I do it because God has chosen me because of I'm me. And the Lord chooses you and, and has you to do a job because you're you and he knows exactly what you can do. So whenever the Lord calls you to do, just be like Mary and say, Yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Be it unto me as thou hast said and do what it is that he wants us to do. Because we're not going to get out of it. And if we ever do get out of it, we're in big trouble. Because the calling of the Lord is, is without repentance. In other words, when the Lord calls you to do something, you're going to have to do it one way or the other, or you're going to get chastised and punished for it. And that's, that's a promise. Mary understood the magnitude of her decision to say yes when God chose her. Her knowledge of God's promises and, uh, and to send a Savior for his people showed through her worship. She worshiped the Lord. She loved the Lord. And when the, Lord, and when the angel of the Lord came to her and told her of what was going to happen to her, she accepted it. But, you know, Mary, Mary was one of those people that, uh, that she really loved the Lord. And she, it doesn't, it didn't matter what the Lord wanted her to do. She was going to do it because she had the the will to do what the Lord wanted her to do. And she, 
she was a a peasant girl. She wasn't nobody. She she was nobody. I, she was just a peasant girl, a, a common person from a small town, and God used her. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you live, how much money you've got or how little money you got. God has a job for each and every one of us. Now then, we as children of God... We need to do that work that the Lord has in store for us, and we need to do it and be happy to do it and gladly do it, and and the Lord will bless us. He will bless us. He blessed Mary. You know, uh, after Jesus was born and everything, Mary had uh, four other sons uh, after Jesus was born. Uh you know, he, he faced a lot of oppositions and uh, even from his own his own brothers. His own brothers um, got on to him some. But, uh, but he faced a lot of opposition during his ministry on earth. During one such time, a group of skeptics mentioned Jesus' family members. Then they, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters have uh, lived right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. In Mark 6 and 3, it's not this chap, uh, carpenter, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Ju Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. His brothers and sisters were offended at him because people were making fun of him. Why? Because he was different. He was different. Listen, when you when you make up your mind that you're going to live for the Lord, and, and you decide that you're going to be different, and and you're going to do what the Lord wants you to do, you're going to get made fun of. I don't care who you are. Jesus, even as a young boy, he got made fun of, and he even his own family made fun of. But we, Jesus likely had four brothers and and one or more sisters. Uh, we do not know, but they wanted to convince themselves and others that Jesus must have been just another man from Nazareth, but their cynicism couldn't distract Jesus from his purpose. No matter what they said to him, Jesus had a purpose upon this earth. When he, when, uh, when he got away from his parents and he went back to Jerusalem and they found him in the temple teaching, he said, don't you know, I must needs be about my father's business. What was his father's business? His father's business was uh, saving those which were lost, seeking, the, ministering to those that, that uh, had needs, um, opening the eyes of the blind, healing the sick, casting out demons, all of these things. This is what Jesus, this was what the, Jesus was trying to tell them, this is my father's business, and this is what I I need to be doing. You know, Joseph was a carpenter, <clears throat> but Joseph was not Jesus' son, uh, Jesus's father. <clears throat> but God in heaven, he was Jesus. He was Jesus's father. But you know, 
this is the one thing that we need to take away from this. You know, God has got to work for us. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I've said so many times, whether it's uh, cleaning church, shaking people's hands as they come in, praying, singing, teaching, it doesn't matter. God has got a job for each and every one of us. We need to find out exactly what that job is, and we need to do that job to the best of our ability. And as, as long as God opens that door for us and we take that step through that door and we start on that journey, the Lord is going to be right there beside of us every step of the way. He's going to be teaching us everything that we need to uh, learn to do the job that he has set, set before us. And he is going to be there with us whenever we have a question. All we have to do is just ask him. He will answer every question that we have because he he does not want us to fail. He does not want us to go astray, and he's not going to leave us without a comforter. He is going to give us everything that we need, and he's going to be there for us. And, you know, he he was always there for everybody that wanted him. And there was a lot more that Jesus wanted to get, wanted to reach out to, and they they would not accept him. Even even in the world today, there's people out there today that will not accept Jesus, and they're not going to accept you as a child of God because they they think that they are better than you are, and then you are nuts because you believe in Jesus and you're wanting to follow Him. And they're going to make fun of you, and they're going to put you down. That's that's just going to be a part of it. You might as well accept it and go on, and deal. And don't worry about it. Get turn it over to the Lord, and let the Lord take care of it. They will either become your biggest enemy or your best friend, but it'll be in God's hands, and and you don't have to worry about that stuff. And you know we we put too much stock in in what people thinks about us, and and when we should be worrying about exactly what does God think about me. You know the one thing I want more than anything in this life is I want Jesus to be proud of me, because you know I am very proud of Him. I mean, he, look at everything that He has done for us, mankind. I mean, he he spent thirty three years upon this earth teaching disciples and and having them to write all these things that he taught them down and and finding out what it was was like to be me and you and then he allowed himself to be captured for no reason at all and to be beaten with a can of nine tails and uh, put have a, a crown of thorns put on his head and his beard pulled out and slapped and made fun of and then hung up on a cross till he died, all because he wanted mankind to live a better life. He wanted mankind to be saved. He wanted mankind to to worship him and to live for him and to go to heaven one of these days. You know, the battle started many years ago when, when Satan was kicked out of heaven. Adam and Eve and Eve in the garden, they had it made. They didn't know any evil. They didn't know any wrong. All they knew was good. And God was blessed to them. 
and he only give them one thing that they could not do. They could do anything they want to in the garden except for one thing, and that was to eat this fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They didn't. He told them to stay away from that tree and don't eat of that tree. But yet Satan tempted them when man fell. And we've been doing it daily ever since. We come up short all the time. We look for ways to get into heaven uh, the easy way. We want an easy way into heaven. We don't want to have to put up, deal with all this uh all the things that goes with living a Christian life, all the heartaches and all the troubles and all the uh, people ridiculing us and making fun of us and, and all these things that goes along with the living a Christian life. We don't want to put up with all that thing. We want to fit in with the crowd, but we want to go to heaven. It don't work that way. The Bible says come out from among the world and be you a separate people. We, we can't live like the world, we can't talk like the world, and we can't act like the world if we're living for God. We've got to be, we've got to be different. We've got to be a peculiar people. See, that's what, we're, that's what we don't understand. If we don't go through and by Jesus and live the way that his word says, we're not going to make it to heaven. It's as, simple, as plain and simple as that. Mary... She, she conceived a child by the Holy Ghost and she raised Jesus upon this earth so that Jesus would know just exactly what it was, to, was like to be us from birth all the way up to death. He wanted to know just, he was going to be in charge of a people and he wanted to know what it was going to be like to be you. He wanted to know everything that you would go through. He wanted to know just exactly what it felt like when people made fun of you. He wanted to know just exactly what it was like when people praised you. He needed to know these things so that he could be a good advocate for us. And he, when he left this earth, he went to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father where he's making intercession for you and I constantly. As we go back and we, and we think about the uh, children of Israel and them in the desert, uh, how many times that God wanted to destroy them. I mean, just completely destroy them and start all over again. And if it hadn't been for Moses, he would have done it. And Moses, he was the, in, he was the one that was... Uh, the go-between between man and God, and he he went to he went to God, and he done some serious praying and convincing God that he shouldn't do that. He was a type of Jesus back in that day, but see now then, and they had to do all the the sacrifices of the animals and everything. But see, when Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice, we, didn't, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore, but we still have to do a lot of sacrificing. We have to sacrifice ourselves. We have to sacrifice our time. We have to sacrifice our money. We have to sacrifice everything for Jesus. 
But it's worth it in the long run. It's worth every bit of it in the long run. Because one of these days, God's going to look over at his son and say, Son, go get our people. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave this world. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be done with this world. All the heartaches and the pains and uh, the dying and the sickness and all this stuff. Be done with it. I'm not going to have to. I'm not going to even have to think about that stuff anymore. It's not going to exist anymore. There's not going to be any sorrow. There's not going to be any pain. There's not going to be any crying. It's all going to be perfect when we get to heaven. It can get real close down here, but we are going to have to give the world up to obtain it. We're going to have to completely give the world up to obtain it. You know, I, 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 I used to do things all the time, go fishing and, uh, you know, just go out and just driving and doing different things, riding motorcycles and, and, uh, all kinds of stuff that I used to do. I used to get out and I used to do those things, but you know, well, I've gotten a little older and I'm not as able to get out and to do those things as I used to do, but I really don't have any desire to do those things. Yeah, I'd still like to go fishing every once in a while, but I just really, there's other things for the Lord that I would rather do. And I just, I just can't find, I can't, uh, I can't find the time to do them. And I can't convince myself that I really need to do that because this other thing that I want to do for the Lord is a whole lot more important. My Savior comes first in my life. I don't care if it's my wife, my children, my grandkids. My Lord comes first. And, you know, when we put him first, everything else will fall in in line. But God is a wonderful God. He's a merciful God, but he's also a jealous God. So when we get to playing around on the Lord, uh, you might as well get ex- uh, expect a, a chastisement because you're going to get one. And it's, it's not very nice. But just just remember this holiday season. Just remember this birth of Christ. Remember the Mary as she uh, brought him into this world and, and just everything that she's seen go on uh, against her uh, beloved son, you know, when if you if you have children, you know what it's like when someone starts making fun of your child or belittling your child or something like that. It hurts. It hurts mom and dad. It really does. And you know, I guess I guess the maddest I ever got was one time when uh, a, a teacher. Uh, accused my daughter of something that she didn't do and i let the teacher i went and seen the teacher and let her know right real quick that she was wrong and she'd better never do it again because that was my daughter and you were you were saying stuff about her it was wrong and and you got on the side of me you didn't like and you know that's 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 the way mary felt i'm sure not to mention god I know God, I'd, I'd say he got upset at man a lot because of the things that they'd done to Jesus. But he knew 
He knew that Jesus wanted to do this and Jesus had to go through those things for you and me. So yeah, this this season, this holiday season, and all year long, always put the Lord first. Always praise the Lord. Thank Him for everything that you've got. If, I don't care if you ain't got much. Thank Him for what you've got. Don't complain and gripe about the things that you ain't, you don't have. Thank Him for what you do have. Use it for His glory, and He will add to it. See, we, you know, the children of Israel, <laughs> they were so busy complaining about everything that they didn't have, but they, they hardly ever thank God for what they did have. So when you get to the point of where you th- start thanking God for what you do have, then God will move in your life a little better, and, he'll, and he will add things to you, and he will bless you. Don't worry about everything in the world or things that you don't have. Just thank God for what you do have. You may have a car and it just barely does run, but you have a car and it does run. Thank him for it. You'd be surprised how the Lord will move in your life. But I thank you all for listening today, and I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, may God bless you.